Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. Everybody, welcome back to Head of the Pack. I'm Matt Schneiman here with Bill Huber. Packers 10, Jets 27. That was an embarrassment. That was ugly. That was brutal. Whatever adjective you want to use, a worse adjective is probably more worthy. Um, there were no positives to take away. It was absolutely disgusting what the Packers put out on the field today. And for fans, I give them permission to press the panic button. Obviously, the team can't yet because that's how things unravel in the locker room. And yes, it is a long season. Can they still make the playoffs? Sure, of course they could. But that was concerning tonight, Bill. Or today, I should say. We're recording this tonight. But that was concerning what we watched today. Yeah, there was nothing, Matt. Um, the offensive line stunk. It's like they'd never seen a stunt before. And LaFleur said that was what they were expecting was all these line stunts. And it's like they'd never seen one. You know, their offensive coordinator is Adam Stenovich. He's an offensive line coach. Did he Was he unaware? And I guess I'm going to start with the with focus on the O-line here to start. I'm sick of hearing about how these guys are young. Bakhtiari's not young. Runyon's not young. None of these guys are young. They've all played a bunch of football. They're not young. Figure your crap out. So uh, the, the game plan was terrible. Their ability to execute it was terrible. Ryder says he needs to play a tick better, Matt. Really? He was terrible. The running game was awful. Um, between rushes and targeted passes, Jones and Dolan got 29 shots at the ball today. They got like 96 yards. I guess the defense was sort of okay. But holy man, Matt, I don't... Matt LaFleur's got a lot of fires to put out. And if you're if you are if you're in his shoes, where you start? Here's where I want to start, and it's something we discussed in our in our office after the game. Matt LaFleur didn't want to go to London. He made that abundantly clear. Nope. Packers didn't look like they wanted to go to London when they played that second half either. Um, and then when I relayed what Jair Alexander told me about I'm not worried about the defense yet, but if we lose next week, I will be. When I relayed that to Aaron Rodgers, his point was we got to manifest 
positives. We got to manifest winning football. Don't let even the possibility of losing enter our minds, enter the locker room messaging. Matt LaFleur had just gotten done at the podium saying, I told our guys we can't let this carry over into next week. Well, that's what Aaron Rodgers is talking about. And then this week, Matt LaFleur talks about how he hates beating up on his coaching buddies, his best friend, Robert Sala, his younger brother, Mike LaFleur. Rodgers again talks about manifestation after the game today and making sure that the messaging is right in the locker room from the leaders. Was he directly calling out what LaFleur said this week? Maybe, probably not, but the point stands. And maybe this won't make that much of a difference. But there is a clear disconnect between what Rodgers wants the message to be and what LaFleur is putting out there. Maybe maybe what he says to the team on a daily basis is different than what he says to us. It probably is. But it was not hard to read between the lines today. Rodgers tried to preface what he thought is wrong with the offense with some praise for LaFleur and his uh, game planning and his commitment and his system. But let me read this quote to you. And I'm not trying to stir up drama or start shit like Pat McAfee says. I'm just bringing you the facts <laughs> of what is the Packers situation right now. I hope you guys can, can appreciate and understand that. So here's this quote. Roger's thing was like, we need to keep things simple. He wouldn't expand too much upon that, but this is what he did said. And I quote, I don't want to get too specific and I'm not attacking anything. I think that based on how we've played the last two weeks, I think it's going to be in our best interest to simplify, simplify things for everybody, for the line, for the backs, for the receivers. Nobody works harder than Matt on the plan each week and nobody comes up with better ideas than him and his staff. But if it's not working, it's not because those guys aren't grinding. It's because we're not executing. If you think we have the right players, then we need to simplify things. If you don't, then that's a whole other conversation. And part of the thing Roger said was, you got to make things easier to understand pretty much. He wouldn't elaborate much, like I said, but he did mention that on the few drives they moved the ball against the Jets, they did so with no motion. That's not calling out Matt LaFleur, but it's about as close as you can get to Rodgers putting out that message through his post-game press conference of here's what needs to change. And sure, I'm sure he lugs Matt LaFleur as a head coach, but that doesn't mean he can still disagree with a couple things, whether it's his messaging off the field or what he's putting on it. Yeah, and you know we've talked about this a bunch, Matt. If Rodgers has – nothing he says is by accident, and he brought this up five or six times probably, the simplicity part that he wants – so that was clearly his message here. Um, anyway, you know, he he did say that there was nothing in the game plan that was too complicated to execute. They just weren't doing it. So I don't know, Matt. I, maybe Rodgers is fishing for something. I don't know. I just come back. They're not, they're not good enough. Who, if you're a defensive coordinator, Matt, if you're Robert Sala coming up with a game plan, who, who are you worried about? It's a passing game. You, you take away the running game and. Say have at it, and the Jets kicked their tails up front and won what the game. Puzzles me, Bill, is sure they don't have immense talent at wide receiver, but Lazard, Romeo, Dobbs are capable of making plays. And Sammy Watkins and Randall Cobb when they're in there. Robert Tunyon is one of the most sure-handed pass-catching tight ends in the NFL. David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins are potential pro bowlers if they're played at the right positions and healthy. Runyon and Myers have played really well for stretches. They have mm -hmm. one of the most dynamic playmakers in the NFL in Aaron Jones, the back-to-back -back MVP. The offense shouldn't be this bad. 
Alan Lazard said, we're stacked on offense. Okay, I wouldn't say they're stacked, but they have really good players. Why is it so bad? That's something they have to figure out, and I'm sure the answer lies within um, whose offense this actually is. Is this Aaron Rodgers' offense, or is this Matt LaFleur's offense? Is there a disconnect there? Is there something behind the scenes that's making this thing sputter and stutter, whatever word you want to use? Perhaps, but we're not going to find that out, at least not during the season. Because that would require 100% honesty, delving into each play call, and we're just not going to get that information. And people aren't going to throw people under the bus like that in the middle of the season when the season is still alive. But Bill, there are mistakes like A.J. Dillon just can't grasp a, a simple handoff. There are drops. Rodgers is missing out routes that he's never missed, or rarely. I mean... It's bad. And we've given them the benefit of the doubt the last couple weeks, saying oh, they can get it figured out early season struggles. Bill, according to ESPN Stats and Info, more commonly known as Domovsky Stats and Info, <laughs> the 17.8 points the Packers have scored through the first six games of this season are the fewest in any six-game stretch with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback for this franchise. According to Huber Stats and Information, the last time they scored fewer points than this in their first six games of a season, 1992, that was Don Makowski starting the first three games before I got replaced by Brett Favre. Bill, I was born in 1995. I was negative yes. two and a half years old last time right. that happened. That's so how that's bad how this is. That's how far you have to go back to be this bad to start the season. You know, offensively, it, it's one thing every play, isn't it? One play, Royce Newman gets beat. Another play, Bakhtiari misses a stunt around the outside. Another, it's the Dylan handoff that you mentioned. Another, it's a drop pass by Aaron Jones. Another, it's Elton Jenkins getting flagged for holding. It's not, I guess if you're trying to cling to hope like a life preserver, maybe it's that it's just a thing here and a thing there. It's not the same old crap again and again and again. So if you're looking for not even silver lining, um, bronze lighting, pewter lighting, pewter lighting, Maybe that's it, but man, oh man, I have never seen such a dysfunctional mess since, well, I guess the end of the Mike McCarthy era when, when Rodgers had given up on that, but I don't know. I don't know how they get it fixed before the season's so late. Matt, they've got Washington coming up. In theory, they'll win that one, but. Bill, I don't know. That, I don't know if they will. Right. In theory, but we, you know, in theory, they don't want these last two, but then it's, was it, it's Buffalo. At Detroit. Detroit. Philly? Is that, do I have the order right there? No, Philly's week 12. It's Tennessee in week 11 on Thursday night. Week 10 is... Cowboys at, at okay. home. So you get the point. I mean, this is supposed to be the, the part of the season where they're supposed to either win a bunch of games or get their crap together, right? And... They've gotten nowhere. So, yeah, it's Washington coming up. And then it's so it's at Washington, at Buffalo, at Detroit, home Dallas, home Tennessee, at Philadelphia. The time to get this fixed is that clock's run out, Matt. Bill, this was supposed to be the easy part of their schedule. Yep. We said on this podcast a couple weeks ago, they should be 6-1 and one going, into, uh, going into Buffalo with games against the Patriots, 
Giants, Jets, and Commanders. Boy, we made fools of ourselves by saying that, but they should have been. Little did we know the team was going to struggle like this, especially on the offensive side of the ball. And these are not easy fixes. Sammy Watkins should be back soon. This was the last game he was required to miss. We'll see if he's he's activated for, for next week's game. Randall Cobb is probably going to go on IR with an ankle injury. Um, it seems like the Packers avoided anything too serious in that regard. Christian Watson, his hamstring won't stay right. Bill, they got to make a move. Whether it's Robbie Anderson or Odell Beckham, who probably who might not even be ready this season, they have to make a move at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. They need a difference maker. They have the guys on the offensive line if they figure out how to block stunts, if they move Elton Jenkins from right tackle, which we'll talk about. They have the guys at running back at tight end. They need difference-making wide receivers who can create separation. They don't have that right now. Correct. On the offensive line, listen, it's easy to say, move Yash Nyman to right tackle. Move Elton inside. But don't you think, Bill, there's a reason they haven't moved Yash to right tackle yet? Don't you think the Packers might know something more than we do? We can say, oh, he hasn't played it in a game. But he was good at left tackle, so he might be better at right. Don't you think the coaches who watch him every day and know football better than we do know something? Yeah, yeah it's, it's exasperating, Matt, where, look, I get it. Sometimes the coaches will screw up, and there are times when Joe Ryder or Joe Fan maybe maybe he's going to be right in the long run. But, Jesus, if, if this is the way to go, they'd have done it. Um, part of me wonders with Yash, A, he hasn't played right tackle, right? And if we, he just hasn't done it. He did it in college like 18 years ago, I'm exaggerating to make a point there, but can you really move him to right tackle if you're really not 100% sure that David Bakhtiari is going to start next week and the next week and the next week? Because if you move him to right tackle and if something happens to Bakhtiari, then you got to go play musical chairs all over again. So I don't know if Jane, I don't know if Naiman can play right tackle, but that to me would be the sticking point is what happens if Bakhtiari goes down, then you got to go shuffle everything around again. So, But they might have to, Matt. Because this isn't working. They they no. they benched Royce Newman today for was that a five play drive before the two before halftime? At some point he tore his biceps or something or other, and they're back to Royce Newman for the second half. So, you know, let's say Tom's the answer there, but I'd be hesitant to put Yash at right tackle just because you're not 100 percent sure about Bakhtiari next week, three weeks from now, and so on. Yeah. That's the offense. Looking up, right, guys? <laughs> and gals, if if there are any gals who listen to this podcast, which I know there are, because we get questions from a lot of them, so I appreciate all of our listeners. Um, the defense. They were really good in the first half, but the tackling is still an issue. There were some coverage breakdowns. The run defense was a problem. And listen, some of that is probably they're just gassed because the offense won't give them a break. But Devondre Campbell and Preston Smith look like they're running in molasses out there, and Darnell Savage can't make a tackle. Yeah, that's about the size, but it's odd. I mean, you look, you're going to look at the league rankings on Monday or Tuesday, I guess when the week's over on Tuesday, and they're going to look like they're fine, right? They have 278 yards today. That's pretty damn good. 
They gave up 99 net passing yards. That's fantastic. They broke up five passes. They bro- they'd broken up seven all year. So they do some things that make you think, yeah, they're pretty good. You know, they're, the Jets were one of 11 on third down. One of 11 in the last three years, only two teams have um, converted less than 10% of the time and won the game anyway. And the Jets won by 17. So that's something. Um, but by the same token, so you got, you got all these things that seem like they're okay. But in the second half, 74 yards, touchdown. Next drive, 66 yards, touchdown. Next drive, 58 yards, field goal basically killed the clock. Again, you got to make a play at some point. These guys just have not made a play. It's unbelievable, Matt. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code The Athletic, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a fifteen hundred dollar first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. I thought the game plan from a defensive standpoint was better. I thought Jair Alexander and Adrian Amos had a really good start to the game. But man, the, the theme is... Neither side of the ball can put together a full game. And today, transitioning into the third phase, the special teams was horrible today too. Block punt return for a touchdown. Blocked field goal. Hell, they had a kickoff from the 50-yard line. They did a pooch kick and still let Braxton Berrios return it to the 34-yard line. Nothing went right today. And I'm surprised we're sitting here in... The Lord's year of 2022 on Sunday, October 16th, saying, well, if the special teams didn't go right, then you know it was a bad day for the Packers. But that's what it is. 
I don't know. Um, again, I don't, I don't know where LaFleur is. I mean, there's just so many fires to put out. The Jets aren't any good, Matt. The defense is pretty good, but the quarterback stinks. The receivers are fine. You know, what? here's what gets me is, you know, the, both teams have really explosive running backs. Aaron Jones for the Packers, obviously, and Brees Hall for the Jets. Aaron Jones, nine carries, 19 yards. Never got going. Brees Hall, 20 carries for 116. And some real creativity. They, they line him up on the right wing. It's a He, he runs basically a, a jet motion to the left, gets the ball. Quay Walker is just out of position by like 10 yards. Um, Jair Alexander is blocked by a tight end, which is going to happen. And he just basically could have strolled in the end zone. Um, some real creativity to get a real explosive playmaker, the ball. And for all the talk from LaFleur about Jones and Dillon, are, are, they're our best players. The offense is going to go around them. We're going to put them both on the field at the same time. That hasn't worked for crap either. At least one LaFleur in Green Bay uh, this weekend. Ooh, good one. Performed up to the standard that uh, supposedly they hold themselves to around here. And it wasn't Matt. Was it? He looked re- Matt looked really bad after the game, didn't he? I mean, he just looked like, holy shit. That's what a couple losses will do to you. Um, It it was not funny, but a couple of us were walking back up from Aaron Rodgers' press conference, and the stairway from uh, the lower level of Lambeau Field, where the press conferences are, up to our work area, is also how you get from the visitor's locker room back down to the Packers' locker room. And who do we encounter as a couple of us are walking back up the stairs? Matt LaFleur, his wife, his kids, his family. <laughs> I mean, it's just not not good for for LaFleur right now. The Green Bay LaFleur, that is. Yeah, of course he's not gonna look good when when he gets beat like that. It, it and and I'm not joking, but I say it tongue in cheek when he says he hates beating his buddies. Well, it looked like it today. Yeah, he's beaten Kyle Shanahan a couple times. But when it matters most, Kyle Shanahan has owned him. I shouldn't say that because the 49ers offense only scored six points last year, but Kyle Shanahan's team has beaten Matt LaFleur's team when it matters most. Robert Sala, when he was the 49ers defensive coordinator, beat Matt LaFleur when it mattered most. Robert Sala again owned Matt LaFleur today. Maybe you should start liking beating your buddies a little more. Don't you? That was a that was a bizarre line, Matt. Bizarre, bizarre. I love kicking the crap on my friends, right? That's what you do because then you can spend the next however many weeks reliving the good old days, you know, the glory days. The quote Springsteen, right? Yeah. Didn't and listen, that. people are saying on Twitter he does. I, I I'm very hesitant to buy into like the hot takes on Twitter, but. I'm not saying LaFleur is soft. I'm not saying he doesn't have a winner's mentality. But, like, he just basically whined about the London trip. He has this about not liking beating his buddies. Embrace it. And I'm not saying he's not embracing being the coach of the Green Bay Packers, but there seems just to be a lack of killer instinct, not just with him, but around the whole team. And they need to find it. I don't know who it's going to come from, but they need to find it real quick before this thing truly unravels. 
they're lucky they're 500 right now. They have played well below 500 football. They should be, you know, they should probably be two and four. I don't think they deserve to beat the Patriots. The Bucks game is a toss-up. They're a couple plays away from being one in five. Bill, this team has like, you know, all pro talent on both sides of the ball. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, uh, Jair Alexander, Kenny Clark, Rashawn Gary. On a great day, Rasul Douglas, Devondre Campbell, Adrian Amos. This talent is going to waste. Yep. I don't know any other way to put it. For now, at least. They got it has to start with the defense, Matt. They've got to start making some plays, get the offense some short fields, maybe score a touchdown. And and give the offense some help until they can figure it out or until they until they trade for Robbie Anderson, who got himself thrown out of the Panthers game team. today. He got into an altercation Golly. with his position coach, and his head coach tossed him from the game. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it, and it's, you know, I, I'm, I was writing about this tonight, Matt. We're going to circle back to the Beckham thing. Why would he come here? Because in, unless he wants to do another one-year deal, I mean, wouldn't you think that he wants some sort of security beyond just a two-month rental? Wouldn't you think he wants to sign something long-term? I know Rapsheet reported that the other day that he was looking for something long-term. So why would he come here when the quarterback isn't here long-term? Or he may not be. So would Beckham come here knowing that Jordan Love might be the quarterback? That seems far-fetched to me. It's also part of the reason why Devontae Adams isn't here. Yeah, exactly. Um Everybody wants DJ Moore from Car- from Carolina. I, t- I totally get that. Yeah, but that's that they're not going to give up. Right, it's they just signed him to a contract extension in May, so they they've paid him a signing bonus. I, I would think they want. And he's a building block kind of guy for whoever their new quarterback is. But I, I don't think that's happening. And Robbie Anderson's had one good year, but that's what you're left with. So yeah, I do agree. They got to make a move, and that's maybe the best of the bunch. I would think, even though he just got thrown out of a game by his own team. Maybe he just needs a change of scenery. Maybe. Maybe you no, know, Denzel Mims from the Jets has done jack crap, but maybe he needs a change of scenery too. I don't know. But they gotta do something. Um, I mean, I'm sure we'll have much more trade. Sammy death. Watkins to come here and be the hero? That just seems nonsensical. Right. I mean, he can make some plays, but listen, Cobb's injured now. Who knows how good Sammy Watkins is gonna be when he gets back? Christian Watson's injured. It's almost like I'm not going to say it. I don't want to get everyone too riled up. Anyway, <clears throat> so... Bill, Romeo Dobbs or bust, Matt. Yeah, I, exactly. Listen, I'm not going to ask if there are any positives to take away from today, but there aren't. But can this be salvaged? Do you think this can be salvaged? They're 3-3. Three and three. They have the Commanders and the Lions in two of their next three games. Can this be salvaged? Can they so- somehow squeak into the... Playoffs. They're the eighth seed right now, losing a tiebreaker against the also three and three Rams. There are a lot of bad teams in the NFL, Bill. Yep. A lot of bad teams. I don't want to sit here and, and 
say the same thing we've said week after week. Well, if they get it figured out, they'll be fine because obviously they don't have it figured out right now. The offense has fallen apart. It is in shambles. The defense can't can't put together a full game. The special teams is starting to exhibit its old ways. Can this be salvaged? No. It can't be. Here, here here's the I'll turn it back to you. So they're going to they'll beat I'll say they'll beat Washington. They're 4 and 3. What of that next group of games of Buffalo, Detroit, Dallas, Tennessee, and Philly. Really, how many of those games are they going to win? Realistically, Detroit? one. One. So that puts you at five and six? Five, yeah. Five and seven. Five and seven, yep. Five and seven, and then you got Chicago there. So you're six and seven at the bye. You get you have to win out, right? They're not going to win. You know, Miami's pretty damn good on Christmas at their place. That eh, seems they're not that good. That seems tough. My, they're they're frauds too. So, Miami Miami lost to the Vikings twenty four sixteen today. They gave up forty to the Jets last week. I mean, they have the Vikings and the Rams. Mm-hmm. And then the Dolphins and the Bears in those final four games. It's it's Ram- and the it's Lions again. Home against the Rams at Miami, home Minnesota, home Detroit. So listen, it's possible, especially if everyone keeps simmering down to the pack and the Eagles and the Vikings. And listen, the 49ers are tied for first place right now. They're three and three. The Buccaneers are three and three. There's like one good team in the NFC, two good teams in the NFC. It's the Eagles and the Vikings. Anything's possible. That's why I think it is salvageable because of how bad everyone else is. Yeah. And look, maybe, I I guess maybe the offense will get it figured out. Maybe a midseason acquisition comes in here and changes everything. Maybe, maybe they do. Maybe this is the, the rock bottom they had to hit. I'm always going to give a guy who has won two straight MVPs the benefit of the doubt, no matter how bad he's played. And yes, everyone on Twitter has been blaming him. So I tried to give him a chance to take, or everyone on Twitter has been wanting accountability from him. So I tried to give him a chance when I asked him, how do you think you've played? And he said he needs to play a tick better. Buddy, it's more than a tick. You're Aaron Rodgers. He was asked earlier, does he feel the need to elevate his play even more because of the diminished aspects around him? He said no. Well, guess what? You do. And he's not playing well enough right now. Yeah, that's why quarterbacks get paid the big money, I'm always, Matt. It's, I'm always going to side with giving him the benefit of the doubt. Not because of any relationship I have with him or whatever. It's because of what he's done in his career. But time's running out before I say maybe, maybe this just isn't it this year for this team. Yeah, I still so think it's what I, what I mean, they can't though. salvage it. My point is, the only thing that matters here is a Super Bowl. I mean, right. I asked Rodgers that today, right? Do you, do you want to what, – what did he say? So I, I, I asked Rodgers, do they have enough horses? And he says, well, we'll see, which, of course, is a great line. We'll see. We need Sammy back. I think that's happening pretty soon. Then he goes into Cobb, and he says, Brian – talking about Brian Gutekunst. Brian and, Brian and I have a number of conversations. I trust him and his staff. If they feel like they need to add that, they will. 
I think there's enough on this team to be a successful team. There's a possibility of certain guys emerge for us, having a chance to make a run. I know Brian believes the same thing, but if there's an opportunity, I would, I would expect Brian will be in the mix. And I said, what you know, you want to be more more than successful. You want to make the run. And he said, yeah. So I, yeah, they can salvage this to get to ten and seven. What the hell good does that do, Matt? Right? Who cares about ten and seven? Because this is the quarterbacks last year, second to last year, whatever it is. It's time to go win a Super Bowl, and I don't see any prayer in hell of that happening. Yeah, this is not a Super Bowl team right now. Not a playoff team right now, for that matter. Um, yeah, it's not looking good right now, Bill. Commanders next week. Can they get to four and three? Um, and look, I'll end it on this. We know anything's possible in the NFL. Last year, the Jaguars beat the Bills 9-6 one game. So is it possible the Packers go into Orchard Park, New York, and beat the Bills on Sunday Night Football in two weeks? Sure, it's possible, but it's not likely. But man, this team needs something to kickstart it. Because right now, this season is looking headed down a cul-de-sac with I, I totally screwed that up. I was going to say headed down a street with a dead end. I You get what I'm saying. It's getting late. The Yankees won tonight. I'm flustered from that. Game five tomorrow night. Packers need something, a quick fix. They need a Garrett Cole, what he was to the Yankees tonight, to jumpstart them and keep them alive. We'll see if it comes from Aaron Rodgers, the leader of the team, or someone else. What do you think? Who's it going to come from? Who's going to provide the spark? I was just going to ask you the same thing. Um, it has to be the it has to be the quarterback. He's got to be. It's that cliche of that rising tide that lifts all boats. But you know the Calvary's not coming. You know Sammy Watkins isn't the Calvary. Um, he's just got to be better. And I realize he got the living crap kicked out of him today. And in the, the running game is a lot of things aren't working, but. It's got to be him. It's got to be him and LaFleur getting on the same page with the direction of this offense. Maybe maybe Rodgers is right about you know, going simple. Whatever it is, it's got to start with those two and then the quarterback making it work. You know, in 2016, the Packers lost at Washington 42-24. Rodgers said they'd run the table. Everybody laughed at him. They ran the table. So he's got it in him, but man, oh man, that team... <laughs> That team has had a lot more firepower on offense than this one's got. But it's got to start with him and the floor. Yep, I agree. And there it, there seems like there needs to be a, a change in mindset or ferocity or something off the field that just doesn't seem right right now. Can't put my finger on it, but just seems like it from being around this team every day. Well, I can't wait to go to Washington, D.C. next week. Um, at maybe the worst press box in the league, but listen – that's neither here nor there. I get paid to watch football. I will never complain about that. We appreciate everyone for listening. Um, hopefully this was a nice therapy session. And who knows, there might might, might be uh, an even more serious therapy session next week if they lose to the Commanders, which they definitely shouldn't. If that happens, Lambeau Field might burn down and they're not even playing here. Um, so until then, I'm Matt. He's Bill. Thanks for listening. And we will catch you guys next time.